Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get the show on the road. Hello, everybody. Good morning. We've returned to the Making Jobs podcast. We've got Tyler with me, the co-host. Yeah. That's the guy. Um, So, actually, I think next week, we probably won't have an episode. Like, we'll... We, uh, unless you're you're bringing this whole setup to the woods... I don't think I'm going to take the whole setup to the woods. I mean, we could we could record a not as great audio quality version of a short podcast um, out in the woods. <clears throat> From your blind to my blind. I don't I don't know how we'd work the logistics out of that. I wasn't gonna. I mean, you can come to my blind and just hang out while I'm yeah hunting. <laughs> No, I was just thinking like one of the times around the campfire. So next week, this this come actually this week, um, it's a it's a mad dash scramble right now. We have to do it on Mondays at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's, that's a requirement. So 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 Monday next week when we're out in the woods, by six o'clock we'll already be sitting yeah, we'll, and waiting. We'll be awake. Yeah, we'll be sitting and waiting for the deer to show up. So. Um, it, it's got to be done at six o'clock. So in that case, we don't have to. You got to come to my blind because I'm going to be busy. <laughs> or get a really long string with a pair of cups. Is <clears throat> my new my new I spots? Thought, I think you have to keep those tight though. Well, I like yeah, it's possible. <laughs> be unfortunate for some poor hunter walking through the woods unawares, get clotheslined. <laughs> as soon as he trips it, he's like, oh shoot. <laughs> He's yeah. gonna be a mine somewhere right here. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, no. And then we'll we'll be like, oh shoot, we lost communications. <laughs> communications are down. <clears throat> it's an invasion. Um, <laughs> so this week we're heading out. Um, actually, by the time this podcast release releases, we'll be already out in the woods. We'd have been out week. there for three, four days. Four or five days, actually. No, just two days. Uh, this, this will release on Thursday. Oh, by this time, I guess. Yeah. By the time this one releases. So, um, we're going to head out on Wednesday, which, for the listeners, we'll be heading out yesterday. Wow, look at that. We just time traveled. Woo! So, right now, um, business-wise, it's a mad dash. Like, we're trying to, f- we got to get our schedules finished up. And all the all the things lined up on our schedules knocked out, so that way we can be leaving on Wednesday. And I don't yeah. know about you, but I am booked to the gills until the end of day Tuesday. And I'm not like I my my hours are extended right now. I'm working a little bit later to ensure that everything gets cleaned up and finished up before. My hours are not extended, uh, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to check my calendar real quick. Today, I'm not going to be done working until relatively late. i got to turn my phone on silent. Not that anyone will likely call me at 6 o'clock in the morning, but... Let's see here. It happens on occasion. Speaking of calls at 6 o'clock in the morning... No, I do have extended hours today. Yeah? <laughs> Where are you... 
<laughs> How late are you working? Giddy. Um, <clears throat> well, if everything goes according to the plan here, till 7 o'clock tonight. Hey, that's what I'm doing. But we got to get it done. That's yeah. so. That's the that's one of the so it's it's kind of a pro and a con as being to being a business owner is that yes we get to we get to take a week off. No, but you have to make sure but that we, everything's tied it's not, up. It's not as simple as putting in a uh, like a time off request or putting in for vacation. It's not like we can just go like. like I can't go like, hey, I can't go to my boss. Um, I mean, I could. I could stand in front of the bathroom mirror and be like, hey, I'd like to take, I'd like to take the week before Thanksgiving off, if that's <laughs> all right with you. Um, okay, fill out a time, uh, a leave request or a time off request, or vacation request. In whatever. that case, you'd have to have a conversation with yourself, and mm-hmm. or you could call your wife your boss. Yeah, but uh, I don't think she runs things. There at Matt's mobile. Not on the business side. Not on the business side at all. Not does she. I so she's my household manager. I would say that for sure. Like I'm, I, whatever it comes to household management. Like I'm just the. I mean, I use the term supervisor in a very loose sense. Like I just, I just um, approve, you know things that are really expensive purchases either expensive purchases or <laughs> things that are going to change you know affect our family or life like rearranging the living room furniture that doesn't happen <clears throat> i denied those requests forever ago my wife liked to re used to like to rearrange the furniture a lot um i think it, it was when we had less kids uh, it was just when we had our one uh, our oldest and i so i think i think it was out of boredom and she's at home and she's just like wanted a change of scenery, right? And so I'd come home from work, and it seemed like every every two months or so, every other like sixty days was like the time limit on whether or not you know, on how our furniture could be arranged. Furniture's not working out here this way. Let's go ahead and move it. Yeah, so I'd like come home to a new home every day, every every couple months, and I'd be like, "What is going on? Like, I just can we just keep it the same?" I mean, she wasn't making me move couches. <laughs> it was just. It's, it's too, like I, my it's, wife uh, doesn't really have that boredom. I, I, I being think, the fact she works for yeah. the state. One I day, think, hopefully, she won't have to work, I, but we kind of rely on her check. I think as older, like as men get older, they become more and more set in their ways. And it started, you know, I think it started with me whenever I finally won the battle of whether or not we would rearrange our living room. You know, so like our living room presently has remained the same for two years now, and it's glorious. So, when you do finally get closed on your house, is that couch going with you, or is that going to the trash and you're getting a new one? I don't know. Well, it may go with us. Well, I, I may not want to move it. We're, I got to get a new one anyways, because the That's way that what uh, I was thinking. Well, I like that couch. It's comfy, but the way that our new living room is set up would be set up. It's uh, sectional, just works better in that in that living room. So, but uh, so as b- being a business owner, putting time off, you know, putting in for time off, you like. I guess you could say, you know, you're. As a business owner, you, you almost say you could say you're your own boss, but you're also your customers are kind of your boss, you know. Yeah, they kind of write the paycheck. So instead of having one boss, you have you know hundreds of bosses that you because know, you got to keep 
you got to keep your customers happy. We have close to 1,500. Yeah, that's a lot. Between the two of us, we're, you know, that's, uh, that's over over 2,400-ish or something. Mine are hard to quantify. I have either 700 or 900. It depends on which way you look at it. Mm. I've got like over 900 customers in my database, but um, but vehicles don't have to be worked on all the time. So some of those customers I haven't seen in a while. Uh, unlike you, you know, you have 1,500 customers there's yeah, some customers I haven't seen in years. No, you don't, but they're still they still pay you on a monthly basis. Monthly. So because because they're paying you on a monthly basis, there's a there's a po- there's a possibility like there's a higher frequency. And there's only one with. customer of yours that's figured out or that's that's gone along with your your plan yeah. on that. Yeah. So so if someone's vehicle doesn't break down in a year, then I don't see them for a year. But if you're you know. If your customers, you may not have to go do a service call, but there's a there's a higher probability that you're going to get more frequent calls or interact with more of your customers more frequently because you're you know a subscription service basically. So true. true so that. the customers being kind of the bosses, you could say to yourself, oh, "I'm going to take a week off." this time you know whatever but then if everyone and their mother needs you to come you know work on their houses or their uh, security systems or their vehicles or whatever service you provide you kind of got to be able to because because you can't just leave them in the dark for a week you gotta gotta handle things get things taken care of so right now it is a mad dash the finish line is looks like it's a long ways off and i've got and we've got you know about 48 hours to get it done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, it's real exciting. <laughs> Which is crazy. This time of year is usually um, not quite as hectic busy uh, for me. Um, I, I don't know what it is. Um, usually it's usually it slows down to where I have more time to be able to schedule in like vacations and stuff. That's why I usually take my time off in my vacations around the this time of year around the fall time around holiday season yeah i uh i usually do a vacation around september uh for rachel's and my anniversary and then i think the hunting thing uh the week before thanksgiving yeah that's gonna be a thing that's gonna be set in stone yeah it should be i think it's important otherwise (laughs) Otherwise, you lose your sanity. I do love the fact that we get to get in the woods and uh, just relax. It's yeah, it's it is something that, uh, and it's it's just us guys. Now, if our wives wanted to get into hunting and come out there and do that too, that'd be cool too. But uh, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. No, probably not. <clears throat> I don't think. I don't think. So. I mean, my wife would. It just wouldn't be. Like, I don't think she'd stay out for a week. First off, I'd have to get babysitter for a week because I don't want to have all of the kids out there. Yeah, that'd be a little loud. But we, what we could do is send your uh, your banshees uh, yeah. through the woods. And we'd we'd just, just wait just on be the other on side. The... <laughs> wait on the other side. Have them push all the deer our way. We, we could have them uh, push them all towards us. And uh, as soon as they see the whites of our eyes, we'll like, 
they take running and take off running the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they have a, a specific spot where they stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it is important to... I think that's one of the things that if I wish I could impart on any business, especially a new business owner who's working their tail off to get the thing up and running. I think it's important to take Tell time you what, off. Whenever Keith, up until, I'd say up until last year, Keith and I never really did. We never mm-hmm. really did anything, but we wanted to. And we just were like, well, we can't. We just, we have which, to work through it. Which was a lie. I mean, well, not really a lie. It was just a, a misconception. You, you guys could have. It, it was possible. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we could have. You could have taken but, time off. It's just you didn't. I think it, it's real easy to get into that perspective, as a, especially as a business owner. You look at things. You're like, well, if I don't do it, no one will. So we've got to get this done. So we have to oh, keep we, working. We did. We would, uh, we would work right up until uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then we'd have that one day off. And there was before, I'd say one of, I, I want to say three, four years ago, it was, we'd work right up until Thanksgiving, and then we'd take Thanksgiving off, and we'd uh, do cleanup jobs on Black Friday while everybody else is relaxing. Yeah. We were working, and it got to a point where I said to Dad, I was like, screw this, man. Why not, we just shut down for, and this was up until um, two years ago, so Two years ago, we, we worked up until Thanksgiving, and then we would take from Thanksgiving on around until next, or the next Monday. Yeah. Then come back Monday. So you take Monday. a long, long Thanksgiving weekend off. Yeah, like everybody else. Yeah. But then uh, last year, taking that whole week off. Yeah. That was the ticket. It's a game when, changer. When Keith just realized. Yeah. Wow. That was nice. Because well, he hadn't unplugged in nearly a decade. Like, he hadn't really got a chance to take a break from the business. Because even on his time off, like, he may, you know, he's taking weekends off most of the time. You know, not every weekend because he Well, does, even up until you know. um, the year before we took, or so, two years ago, we always work on Saturdays, too. Mm-hmm. And um, so, between... Doing our, we, we've changed our whole perspective of how things run, and one of those is on Fridays we're done at two o'clock. Yeah, and Saturdays no, we don't do service calls. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to it's real hard to kind of get into the perspective or try to you know because you you look at it from a it's your business and you're like well this needs to get done this customer needs to be taken care of especially if you're a good if you're good at it like if you if you're a, a good business owner and you genuinely care about your customers and your intentions are to you know provide them the best service at the best cost possible then you're going to work hard and you're going to work a lot but the very like people underestimate the importance of taking time off because what happens is when you take that time off, it's actually beneficial to your customers. It is beneficial to your customers because it's beneficial to your sanity. It gives you time to relax, recharge. And you know what? A lot of times whenever I'm sitting around relaxing, you know, in the woods or something, a lot of times I'm thinking of new business ideas. 
you know, sure. I, I'm not really working and I'm not really, you know, putting pen to paper and getting, getting hard at it, but I'm, I'm working on, you know, I'm pondering things and it gives me a time to reflect and be, you know, have clarity. And then I may come back from that, you know, that week long hunting trip and have something that benefits the company, which makes it more efficient, which in turn makes it more cost effective, which in turn benefits the, the customer in the end. And so I think it's important to set boundaries for yourself and say, you know what, we're going to take weekends off. You know, I think, I think it's extremely, now here's the deal. As a company, when you first start out a company, um, I don't, this, this prescription of time off isn't just for, um, it's not, it's not just like across the board, you have to do it from the very get go. From the get go, I don't recommend taking a bunch of time off. I recommend nope. working your tail off to get it up off the ground. Oh yeah, I mean, so. But but there's there's a time frame once you kind of have things moving, and I'm not saying you know, it it'll be. I'm not saying work seven days a week, ninety hours a week. You may have to do that for the first like month. You might have to work your tail off. But at some point, you need to look and say, all right, when like can I start afford to take? I need to take a day off, so I'm only going to work six days a week, and then you start scaling, you know, your time back as much as as you know, to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to take weekends off, you know, no questions about it. We're going to have time off so that I can, because <clears throat> if you're too busy working on your business all week long yeah, and you don't have, and you only take one day off a week, well, that one day doesn't give you, you're going to be working seven days a week because what's going to happen is while you, since you're working your tail off for six days with the business at home, there's things that need to get done. Exactly. There's a yard that has to get mowed. There's gutters that have to be cleaned out. There's well, a fence that needs I mean, you, painted. You can, you can automate <clears throat> things like that. Yeah. I mean, you can, as... yeah, you can delegate that to a degree, but when you're just starting out a business, you likely don't have the funds to delegate, you know, true. All of that stuff out. True. Well, when I, uh, the, the only thing that I don't delegate and I probably could, but I kind of like it is working on the house, uh, working on yeah. uh, my kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of, kind of, kind of like it. It's kind of, uh, yeah. I, I like it to a degree, but there's a reason why I haven't done it lately is I'm just needed a break from it. I did. Yeah. And so I'll tell you what your dad likes working on his house. He and likes working so he likes much working. that he was. He does it in the woods. Yeah, he's remodeling in the woods. Last year, that's that's the, my point. Like, I think he hadn't hadn't had real time off, and for so long, he didn't know what to do with himself, and he was he couldn't. He was out there working. You know, it's like, what are you? There, <laughs> what there's are you a doing? lot of things you can do, and <clears throat> putting in a floor in the woods is no. That's not high on the list of things I would want to do. No. So we we're out there last year, and Keith. He, get, I think he just got bored. Like he just didn't know he was. Oh, he, he so did. he was frustrated he said, with his chair. His he had this chair, and the ground we were on was kind of soft where we were camping at, um, primarily because it's actually kind of a flood zone, so it doesn't really ever dry out. And so he, he, he goes to the floor or goes to the the lake. I was going to say flooring store, the lake, <laughs> the lake shore, which is the flooring store of the woods. And gets a whole, and he's taking, I've got this Navy sea bag. It's actually a Marine Corps bag, but it's, you know, uh, the, the it's the same thing as a Navy sea bag. It's basically a big duffel 
sort of. So he he's filling this thing up with like 50 pounds of lake shale at at a time and hauling it up to the campsite, which is a good, well, not too far, but 30, 40 yards from the shore, and laying it out on the floor so that he has a, a better ground to put his chair down on. And he had at first it started out with he put a few rocks down. And that wasn't enough because his chair would move and, and he'd sink in. I got myself some too, but I wasn't going to the extent that he was. No, like at first, like he got an area. So he got an area. Like 15, around. 20, two and a half by two and a half inch rocks. Yeah. Uh, flat rocks. Set his chair on, slipped off those, and he was like, okay, here we go. Yeah, so he went full throttle with it. Did the entire campground floor, like the spot we were camping on, the entirety of it. And which he's, which he's, I think this year, so we took the week off for opening week of archery so we season. We probably won't do that next year. Why not? We didn't see anything. Well, I, d- I shot a deer. You did. But it was a baby. It's still. It was a baby. So, so what? If there is, there's plenty of opportunity to see plenty of, you know, other deer. I, if I, if, no, there wasn't. Yes, there was. I saw I saw a deer you every day. Saw I never saw a single thing sounds the like whole a, time we were out sounds there. Sounds like a you problem. No. I never saw a single deer the whole time we were out there. I saw them every day except for except for one day. I think there was one day that I... It was opening day. Opening day was the only day I saw no deer. Yeah. But the rest of the Keith time... Keith and I were uh, talking. He goes... I think, I don't know if Matt's just fibbing or what, but I'm not seeing the same amount of deer he is. <laughs> he goes, I don't, I don't know where Matt's coming up with all these deer. <laughs> well, I brought, I brought back a deer to camp though. So picks or it didn't happen. I just brought the whole thing. I was like, you, you guys don't think I'm seeing deer? Here's one. <laughs> I got him. I think it, I've I think seen it's just... more deer on the highway. Uh, standing well, you, on the highway. You guys, have, you've barely seen it. I don't think you've seen a single deer from your blind, right? No, I haven't. It's just... Now, I've talked to one, I'm sure of it. Yeah. But that spot, I think it was just that spot. Like, it, we should have moved those blinds um, much earlier is what we should have done. And uh, and my spot, I think, is kind of, I don't know, I just... It, I think it's still a good hot spot. So, I think we ought to move Keith into that area. But anyhow, so Keith... <laughs> So Keith finally sort of relaxed this this last time that we were out, or this you know the week long trip that we took um, the, in October, and uh, except he did end up hauling some shale from the shore up to camp. Yeah, but but he didn't do the whole floor. But the reason he didn't do the whole campground floor is because the majority of the campground floor is already covered in rocks, um, and I that, that's why I picked that site. One of the that, reasons I picked that uh, site. He, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, he didn't have a chair uh, there in camp, so he wasn't sitting on the ground to sink in it. The reason he did the floor this time was he wanted to be able to walk around barefoot and uh, not be stepping in mud, I guess. I think if we left, if we took Keith out into the woods for a long enough period of time, or if we just took him out there and set him out in the woods, and came back two weeks later, there would just be a log cabin out there. That's what would happen. <laughs> There'd be plans for one at least. <laughs> There'd at least be. <laughs> there, there would be. He was talking about 
getting eric like getting running water out there like he was no 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 he was drain like like a drainage so that whenever we take a dump he's talking about putting plumbing out in the woods and i'm like i don't like can we just know (laughs) what's wrong with our current system (laughs) dig a hole fill the hole like let's do we really have to have flushing toilets (laughs) That, I'm not kidding. He wanted a flushing toilet. I mean, his ma- brain doesn't shut off when it comes to no. making it easier for us. Well, he's just spent so much time, I, I think, not relaxing. Like, he's just constantly working. And I think it, it's, not, it's not bad to have a good work ethic, but I think, it's, uh, I think it's extremely important, especially as a business owner, because it's not like you have a job. You have a regular old job. It's expected. You get vacation days, and so that's, you know, you're going to use them. You take that time off. Um, It's expected that you take time off because typically your employers are going to want you to take time off if they're smart because they don't want you burned out. Sure. I require two-day weekends for my employees, and I'm working on um, setting up a system to where we're going to have three-day weekends every week for my mechanics because I think... That way they're working, say, 10, 12-hour days? Yeah, well, just work uh, work uh, four, four tens or, you know, w- that way. Because I, I would rather, personally, to work four tens than work five eights. Because, oh, yeah. Me because too. you get a three-day weekend every week. And then... And then the benefit of that is if you, you have to, to work an extra, well, yeah. <laughs> but if you have to work an extra day in the week, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You still have two days off versus if you're working five days a week and it's just too busy and you have to cover an extra day. Well, now you've just worked six days. You only have one day off. And I've seen it happen before because I had a mechanic who just, he just wanted to make, you know, as much money as he could. So he wanted to work six days a week and he did for a few weeks until I told him he had to stop because what was happening is he was just like, he spent more time complaining about his lack of time off and he seemed so tired all the time and burnt out. I was like, dude, I know you want to. But did his jobs start to lack? I mean, his, his his work his quality. his quality of work didn't necessarily but the the his efficiency decreased because he wasn't able to get things done in the same timely fashion as he otherwise would have been cuz he was just burnt out cuz he it was he was working 6 days a week for about a month um and I thought you know he wants to work I'm going to give him the work and I didn't think much of it until I started noticing, man, these it's taking him longer to get these jobs done than it normally does, than it should. And and he was talking about how, you know, and, he, and then his personal vehicle started, you know, lacking. Like he started having issues with his own, because he never had time to work on his own car. Because he was working six days a week. And so on his one day off, he spent it, you know, just trying to recover from the six-day work week. And so, so I eventually, so I I eventually modified my policies and I said, you know what, it is a requirement. Like I will not let anyone work six days a week. The only time that that will ever happen is if it is a one-off situation where we just didn't finish a job on Friday. We're going to come back Saturday morning and and finish it out real quick. But it's not going to be an every week occurrence. And I think that's extremely, so in a a typical, you know, typically from an employer standpoint, you know that's a smart employ- employment move to guarantee. You know to make actually sure that. that 
that your guys, you know, uh, guys or gals are only working, um, you know, a maximum of five days a week. But the real smart move is to figure out a good way logistically to work it into a four-day work week. Four-day work weeks make the most sense, in my opinion. But then, so, so employers and managers and business owners, they all, you know, they all will employ these techniques for their employees and their staff. And then they rarely turn that around on them and say, you know what, I'm more efficient whenever I take, you know, more time off. I'm more efficient whenever I get at least a weekend off. I would be more efficient if I worked a four-day work week and could have three days off if you could accomplish all of the... The problem is with being, you know, business owners, it's hard to accomplish all of the work you need to accomplish in a matter... Like, you don't have, like, a set schedule where you can say, all right, you know, business business problems are going to go away on Friday, so I don't have to work on Friday. You can't do that. No. You just have to... One thing that um, Keith and I learned... Uh, what was it about um, three and almost three and a half years ago was um, what get, what gets scheduled gets done. I mean, we've always had a schedule. Yeah. But uh, like things like this uh, where it's set in the schedule, it's going to yeah. happen. If it's not on the calendar. It's not going to happen. It doesn't happen. You can talk about it till you're blue in the face, mm-hmm. but if it's what's what gets scheduled gets done yeah and i learned that uh through our business coach he he himself was the same way he would work till he was blue in the face and he and he still at 35 years old he's done had three or four i think i think he's had every bit of close to four or maybe even five businesses that he's grown and sold yeah for each one in the million dollar range and yet at the same time he has he gets up at three o'clock in the morning every morning and the only reason i know that is um once a week i get an email from him at three in the morning because he's running through the seo for my websites and he's making sure that each website is hitting on uh, page one of google yeah and then uh and if it's not where is it where it's at and very few people in the, if they're business owners, will get up and uh, drive things like that. Most business owners are going to, once they get to a profitability standpoint, they're going to back off and they're going to basically coast. Uh, I, well, and so there's a fine line between you know, constantly improving and growing your business and working hard and working too hard and not getting to enjoy the fruits of your labor and actually relaxing for a little bit. He enjoys the fruits of his labor for sure. Uh, but at the same time, he also, he, he has a standard that he yeah. lives by. Well, that's what, and yeah. that's, that's where it is. You set Most a schedule. People, yeah. Yeah. You set a schedule. Cause it's hard as, uh, whenever you don't have like a straight up, you know, here's, I'm working nine to five today. You know, I have a nine to five, nine to five. It's hard whenever you don't have that structure. So set a structure for yourself. Cause regardless of what jobs come in on the calendar, <clears throat> I have a structure. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a structure because <clears throat> even if I don't have a, an appointment first thing in the morning, I'm still up, you know, no later than 5, 5.30-ish. 
because in in the morning I've got you know I've got to catch up on emails and you know get ahead of the plan for the day and set up my plan for the day. Sure. And then. Um, so even, you know, let's say there's nothing on the calendar and it looks like I'm going to have Tuesday off, you know, just a random Tuesday, which certainly ain't happening this week. (laughs) Um, but I have nothing on the schedule, then it doesn't mean that I get to sleep in. In fact, my my body won't let me sleep in at this point. Like I have just internal clock that even if I don't set an alarm and I try and sleep in on a Saturday, I wake up at five 30. So and the and the reason to have that you know some sort of a structured schedule is so that way things get done and it's real hard to quantify from a business owner's perspective in that sense the office work that is hard to get to to get done and get done cuz you don't have like if you don't really you don't have anyone making a list of things that you need to do i'll say right now i hate office work I'm not I a fan of it. it. I'm not. A, this, is, this is one of the reasons why I, um, like I had always said to, you know, I could never work in an office. And then I decide that I want to be a business owner. And you'd think that being a mechanic and owning a mechanic shop means that, you know, I get to go work out in the, you know, especially a mobile mechanic shop. I get to work in the field. You know, I, I get to see new places and do, you know, you know, I don't have to be in the same cubicle every single day. Right. But being a business owner also means being an administrator and you also have to be an accountant and you also have to be, um, you also have to be a accounts receivable, accounts payable, you know, track invoices down, all this stuff, um, marketing and many, many other things that, you know, especially as a small business, you're running and you're all of the office people in one. Um, Cause even if you delegate and have some of that stuff set out to different office personnel, you're still the supervisor of all of those office personnel. So you're the department head for all of these departments, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so my best advice on that front, on the office side of things to ensure they get done, make a to-do list. <clears throat> I have an office to-do list that, that will, that ensures that there are things that the, the, cause there's, you know, whatever comes to like my business, the things that make money, what, what directly makes money is working on cars and getting them fixed. Right. Sure. So that's easy to quantify. It's easy to say, all right, we've got this car. Um, it's got bad wheel bearings. You got to fix these wheel bearings. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's concrete. That's in front of your face. That's real. You know what to do. But then it's like, okay. We have, you know, I, uh, you know, I've got to get, I've got to do something about my, um, I've got to do something about my, uh, Facebook marketing campaign, you know, my social, social media campaign marketing. Well, there's not, there's not necessarily a concrete, solid step-by-step. Here's how we do it thing. So I create an office to-do list of things that I need to do to make sure that I get them done. Otherwise they pile up like expense reports. Uploading receipts into, um, you know, into the where I need them to be, and getting the getting the expense reports filled out so that whenever it comes tax time, I'm not scrambling to find all of these numbers to 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 file my taxes. So I have a revolving, basically, office to do list of things that are going to need to be done just about every week, 
And as I do them, I check them off of my to-do list. Um, and then I, and then I'll, and, and then once I've done for the day, I uncheck everything so that, and then I'll add new things to the list. If there's something particular that needs to be done, like, Oh, I've got to get a quote out to this guy, or I've got to, so it's important to, I think it is important to create structure for yourself because if you just do things as you see fit to get them done, um, or say, and, and start, you know, running at, you know, trying to solve problems as they come at you, you're not really going to get much accomplished. Sure. Yeah. So I, I think it is important to work and work hard. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying everyone should just go and take, you know, a month off at a time every single time they feel like it, you know, work every other month. Well, shoot, if your business is viable enough and profitable enough to where you can only, you don't have to work, you know, you can work every other month. I say, go for it. That sounds like a phenomenal schedule. Yeah. (laughs) But the reality is most cases, because you're not going to be able to do that. Well, if you're able to do that, then what has happened is you have harnessed your business to work for you. Yeah. And you have eliminated yourself from the equation to actually have a job. Uh, You can now... We, you can live yeah. on the the efforts of and, what you've put in. And that's where, you know... That's what business is for. Yeah, that's the point of... Because the thing is, everyone thinks, hey, I want to I start my own business. I want to be my own boss. I can create my own schedule. And I can just, you know, sit back, relax, and have the money come in. And that will happen eventually if you're good at it. Well, but, if you have a, a good enough whatever it is, yeah. a widget or product or whatever... If or it doodad. sells, don't forget yeah, the doodads. Got to have the doodad. But um, if you if you have a good enough thing that is selling, then uh, once the time arises that you've you harness that whatever it is, now you can take that time and say, hey, I've I've put the time in, so now I'm gonna go relax. I'm gonna go uh, yeah. chill out in the woods or whatever it may be that you want to do. And your employees that you pay well enough, um, they can still see that you're disappearing for a week, two weeks, a month, whatever it might be. And then, yeah, what's funny about employees is they're probably going to get jealous. (laughs) Yeah. But then again, they didn't put the time in. No. Like you did. No, and I I think it's... and, and I think I just can't stress it enough that it's like, that's when that's one of the hangups that people will business owners will the reason why they won't take vacation and they won't take time off is because oh, yeah. they, they feel like they need to be in the trenches with their, with their, their, their staff getting things done. And my I, grandpa I, was one of those people. I mean, he, he ran a uh, construction site for years <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. or contru- construction company. I was going to say that. And, uh, it's a long it's, job. It's a long contract. Uh, no, he he ran a bunch of uh, construction jobs throughout the years there in Missoula, Montana, and uh, when the day he always said, "When the day arises that I can't swing a hammer alongside with the guys, I'm getting out of it." And my opinion, yeah, I mean that's that's noble to say that uh, it's time to hang it up, but really, is it? Yeah, I mean, you could probably inspire the guys there's, to work just yeah, because the fact that you swung a hammer till you're 65 years old. 
or however old, old he was. I think he was 70 when he passed. But still. There's no shame. There's no shame in taking time off and letting letting the the staff handle things for you as long as they can. Well, and they're getting paid to do it. That's what the, yeah. I mean, that's th- what it's what the yeah. that's the exchange is and if re- they're yeah, you know, you you do a job, I pay you for the job. It doesn't matter yeah. what I do. I mean, because if I'm going to take some time off, it's going to benefit the company. I'm telling you. You in that and that's what that's where, like I said, it, it is a hang up for a lot of business owners where let's say, you know what, um, you know, I've got a, my, I've got to work with, you know, cause they're, you know, I've got my staff in, so they're working, so I should be working, you know, but I ask you this, how many times have you been working while your staff is at home, tucked away, enjoying themselves, sleeping nice and cozy in their bed? How many holidays have you put in? How, How many, many times have I, I, and this is just me and Keith, but there's been countless hours that we have um, worked on the websites, making sure they're Unpaid working. hours. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, that's, how many, because, how many times? Because we're salary. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't matter if I'm working 10 hours a week or... 50, 60, 70 hours a week There's times more. Keith and I have put in every bit of 80 to 90 hours a week. Yeah. Um, so, which I had somebody tell me that's impossible, and I said, "No, it's not. It sure is not. <laughs> you can do it. It's possible. <laughs> I've been there. I've when done we that. did the uh, the um, the theaters in Oklahoma City, we did all of the outside doors, and then we did the AMC theater here in Tulsa. Uh, we worked all three of those. Uh, three. All four of those, the three in Oklahoma City and the one here, uh-huh. uh, we worked all of those outside of uh, normal business hours. Yeah, when, because because when the, when is a theater open or yeah. available for us to work on it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because um, they they usually their last showings are like around like midnight. Yeah, they, and then they they don't uh, then they open up usually. I think their first showings oftentimes around eight o'clock in the morning. Um, that one, it was around 11. Was it? Uh, all yeah. of AMC's, it seemed like they, they didn't have anybody showing up till around 11. Hmm. Now the employees were getting there, yeah. but I didn't really care about them. Yeah. So, the, there's the, so. By the way, uh, theaters are creepy at night. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I mean, how. Creepy. How, back in the day when you guys were doing trade shows until you guys finally quit that nonsense. How many hours would we put in setting up a booth? Oh, it's um, every bit of close to a day. Yeah, uh, it, it would take a full day of work to set up this booth, and then and then you're working sharp. <laughs> yeah, it was nice, but then we'd set then then uh, then someone would have to be working that booth all day long for these trade show events. Oh yeah, all weekend long, and so you know your employees don't have to do a lot of that stuff. Oh yeah, but. But so that's why I say don't feel so don't feel bad for somebody that you're paying to do a job to do their job. Now, I mean, your your employees get to take time off and they should be allowed to take vacation. I'm not saying they need to work every week of the year so that you can take time off. That's a <laughs> <No>. bad idea. <laughs> like I said in the past or like I said earlier in this episode, it is important that they take time off and realistically if you can work the logistics in a way in a manner that can shorten the work week and still get as much done, I say do it because 
it's been proven time and time again that a four day work week is the most efi- like it, it increases productivity in employees. Um, uh, and it's been proven many times over. This is why a lot of, uh, a lot of countries in Europe are working four day work weeks versus we have this weird standard in America where it's just, we're all working five days, but a lot of the smart, you know, the, you know, fancy tech companies and stuff, they're working four day work weeks. Um, a lot of companies are moving more towards that idea of working four day work weeks because it's been working well for a while for a lot of companies. And I think it's smart. So I think that, you know, they should get time off, but then again, so do you, I think as a business owner, people forget to, you know, forget that they're employees too. Like you are an employee of your company. And so that means that, that means that the same rules apply to you to a degree. You can't work. No. The whole week long. You can't work forever because eventually you're going to get tired. Eventually you're going to get burned out. Eventually what's going to happen is you're going to start overlooking things because you're too busy to get important stuff done because you're working your tail off. You're you're not getting, you know, things are getting overlooked. And if things get overlooked and fall through the cracks because you're too busy, you're too tired, you're too worn out and burned out, it's your business will suffer. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very apparent whenever I can tell whenever I'm getting too busy and I'm working too much because <clears throat> things start getting overlooked, things start getting missed. So that's extremely important. Hey, let's take a quick, uh, quick, uh, advertisement break, um, for a message from our sponsor. Well, it's actually a message from me reading a message about our, from our sponsor. All right. Sounds so, great. um, so sponsor time, if I can find the my mouse there's my mouse all right now it's sponsor time <laughs> hey look at that it does and we're back um <laughs> hey let's try this button here see if it works oh crap <laughs> i didn't I, you know i just i just discovered a shortcut key on my keyboard so i don't have to actually click it with the mouse and, i just uh, think it would have been hilarious if you just accidentally deleted everything that we just recorded <laughs> that would have that would have been <laughs> That'd have been something. I don't know if hilarious would be the word. <laughs> I would have laughed. That'd have been something. The word I would have chose to describe it uh, cannot be recorded on this show. <laughs> Otherwise, I have to mark this explicit in the uh, pod, the iTunes or the podcast section of iTunes. Um, <clears throat> so. <laughs> so does Joe Rogan's podcast? Does it ever pop up as explicit? I think he. I think all of his episodes. He just. Uh, <laughs> puts as explicit <laughs> that way he doesn't have to worry worry about censoring yeah well i don't think any of them are ever censored i mean there's been like thousands of episodes i don't think there are any that have ever been censored um so taking time off uh, i think we've beat that horse oh we, we beat him into the ground yeah i think it's i just i, we I just beat think, him up and buried him a long time ago <laughs> I think it's important, and a lot of people will look at it and say, well, I, there's just no way that I can take time off. Just, you're a business owner, you started a business, you're an entrepreneur, you're probably a smart individual. Come up with a solution, because it is imperative to the health of your business to take time off. You know, I, I knew know a uh, business owner that uh, he, he takes an all right amount of time, um, but he also, uh, one thing you said... Uh, you're a smart indiv- individual. He would constantly, and I don't understand why he would say it, but he would constantly say that he only has the education of an eighth grader. And yet at the same time, 
he's one of the smartest individuals I know when it comes to business. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, nothing, like school doesn't really prepare you for entrepreneurship. Like, it's not the roadmap to success in entrepreneurship. True. I think education is important, but... And, and I, there's, there are a ton of stuff that, you know, I learned in school that, you know, benefit my business. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I mean, there's, there's business people. There's plenty there's of smart people. Really that, smart yeah. people that could never run a business. But, mm-hmm. uh, now he's, he's very smart, but at the same time, he's very street smart, but he's also, um, he's a smart individual when it comes to, uh, Dave Hanning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's constantly, and I don't understand why, but he constantly puts himself down as if he's stupid. Well, actually, I think it's more of a compliment to yourself to say, hey, I've accomplished all this with an eighth grade education. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, you know, I, I like to point out, I've pointed out many times over that I don't have a college education. I pulled oh, out, yeah. I pointed that out a, a ton of times. I dropped out of college. Yeah, your college dropout. You should have been a failure at life. How are you successful? I don't understand. Doesn't make any sense. The the business coach that I have, uh, one of his books that he uh, put out, on the front of it, uh, he um, says that he's a college dropout. Mm-hmm. And he is. Uh, but yet at the same time, he's You know, got... most, most of the extremely successful business um, owners and people who launched some giant companies were college dropouts. Yeah. Wouldn't Bill Gates college dropout? I think he might have been. I think he might. I might be making that up. Let's fact check ourselves live because uh, I've had to release too many fact check uh, videos. <laughs> now I'm pretty pr- positive he, uh, if he did uh, drop out, uh, it was towards the tail end of his uh, college. Uh, would it be a career? Uh, you know, I'm tour of duty education (laughs) um let's fact check ourselves um because i uh i like how slow your internet came out there yeah i know that's why i pulled it up on my phone uh bill gates did drop out of harvard two years into his college education to start microsoft there we go thank goodness i was right getting tired of (laughs) getting tired of having difficulty recalling information accurately so yeah so he was a college dropout no i had to um i don't know what it was but a a few episodes ago the episode i did with uh daniel um i had to i had uh, several erroneous facts that i had to that i had to put i put a youtube video out to fact check and i didn't cover i didn't even get all of the facts that I overlooked, like I, I am aware. <clears throat> in fact, I think, uh, we mentioned it in another podcast. I was aware of a few and I mentioned, and I, you know, brought it up and said, Hey, um, I in fact don't have a model or Winchester model 70. It's a model 94, you know, just dumb stuff that I should know off the top of my head. Don't know what it is, what it was about that episode. My brain was just not firing on all of the cylinders, but yeah, so college dropout. Um, uh, but at one point, he was the richest man uh, in the world. Um, and he actually just took a bet. Uh, he what what? Bill Gates. He, he what? He supposedly just took back the uh, the title for the richest man in the world. Oh, he took the title back. Yeah. I didn't know that. Bezos t- had it. 
Yeah. Uh, but uh, Bill Gates came back. Bill Gates took it back. Like, I don't know how he did, being the fact that uh, computers are not as uh, prevalent for. Uh, Microsoft has its fingers in many other th- many other pies besides just computers. That's true. Xbox phones. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think the phones do as well. No, but software as well. I mean, they 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 do they do a lot of software licensing software for yeah. lots of different brands. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, which which actually, I thought Bill Gates was like semi-retired. I think he's not the CEO of Microsoft anymore. Is yeah, I don't know. I heard. I mean, he's mostly retired, and he's mostly just from last I checked in on him. Whenever we have our, you know. Um, biannual phone call. Um, <laughs> he's doing philanthropic things and uh, mostly uh, mostly running charities and something like that and fundraiser events. Not that I, you know, we we didn't have a lot of time to talk. He was too busy. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew if I knew Bill Gates, I don't think I would be uh, um, sitting in a room, sitting in this this small of an office, doing a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would be. Maybe he wouldn't be as uh, as keen on just handing his money out. Maybe that's how he's that rich. Just doesn't hand his money out willy nilly. Um, that's probably a smart thing. So a lot of people will say that about like rich people. They'll be like, maybe he's so rich. Why is he? Why is he so stingy with his money or something? If he's got all this money, why didn't you know? Why is he? That's how he stays rich. Like, that's how people stay rich. They, they don't. That's how. That's how people get rich and stay rich. They don't spend their money all willy nilly like. You know, I just wish I'd spend it more willy nilly on what I've got him. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, education is not like I wouldn't put a huge emphasis on the effect. Like, if people say, "Well, if I want to be an entrepreneur, should I go get a degree in business management or yeah. or a master's in business administration or something yeah. like that?" I don't, I wouldn't say, I don't think it's a requirement at all, but I also wouldn't, and I, but I generally wouldn't say it would, in general, I don't think it would hurt, but the reality is, is you're never going to learn in college or in school what it takes. Just get out there. If you want to start a business, get out there and put the sweat equity in and you'll get it there. If you don't have it, it's, I don't think it's something, I don't think it's something that can really be taught in a school no like if you just don't have that type of drive or that type of innovation i don't think you're going to learn that in a school and the part part of the problem and some of the thing is is that a lot of the times in you know whenever you're going to school like you're uh you're getting a bachelor's in you know business management or a master's in business administration or whatever they're going to teach you the by the book way they're not going to really teach you innovation they're going to teach you a lot of things that are that are commonplace misnomers which actually picks up from our last week's um conversation starting a business and what you know what what you what you're told you need to do and what a lot of times you really don't need to do and what you should be doing instead you know people will tell you you know the steps of starting a business are you know get a business plan which that's important have a business plan but here's the deal about a business plan that's not set in stone, especially when you're starting a business. You, you build a business plan, and people say, build a business plan and follow it. 
I say build a business plan and prepare to improvise because you'll be doing yeah. a lot of that. You know, you got to be able to call audibles all the time because you may have this five-year plan that you've set out for your business. We've in three days witness, into it, you're going to we've changed uh, plans. I don't know how many times you're going to change it three days into it. Three oh, days, yeah. three days after launch, you're going to be like, okay, oh, so we're going to scrap all of this. <laughs> Because you don't have real world, um, you don't necessarily have real world results. You may be able to extrapolate from another business and look at how other businesses in your sure. industry did it, but that's not going to, it's not all going to be exactly the same to suit your business. So yes, build a business plan. But the thing that I say is, you know, build a business plan and follow it. Follow it is the kind of like, it's kind of vague, really. You, you, I think it's important to follow a business plan, but be prepared to change that business plan to accommodate your needs once you get going and once you start discovering problems with your plan because you will find problems. No one's going to build a business plan and it just work out and be like, you know, five years later, I tell you what, I followed my, my business plan f step by step for, you know, that I created before I started my business and it worked out well. No one's ever going to say that mm -mm. because everything's going to change and it's going to change frequently. Matter of fact, when uh, Keith started, it's hard, it's hard to build a day plan. You know, you start your day and you you think you've got it scheduled out for the day, and about by about like ten o'clock, and the you know you're on like revision six of your plan. When Keith started Witness, uh, he went to several people there at Eastland, uh, our church. Um, he went to several people there at Eastland. He went to several people he knew that were business owners, and everybody he talked to, he was like, "Hey." Uh, how do how do you start a business how do you how do you get started how do you what do you do i mean he he had questions yeah. and everybody he talked to was like i don't know <laughs> wait a second so you got a successful business and you don't know how you got started i think no. a lot, i think a lot of people have a difficult time quantifying <laughs> it and putting it into words and putting it into a it, you know, th this is why this is why I think uh, business consultants do well because they're uh, they're a rare breed of people that are that understand and know how to teach, you know, how to address um, business, you know, how to how to how to help startup businesses, how to run businesses, because even successful business owners, a lot of times couldn't sit down and you know write a plan and say, hey, this is what you need to start a business per se. So that business plan is, you know, it's, it is one of the first steps and it is important, but don't follow it like the Bible because it could, you know, it's going to change. It's going to need to change and you're going to need to revise it almost sure immediately. Will. And don't be afraid to revise it. If it's, I'm not saying to the, like, you know, you may say, well, if I'm just going to be winging it the whole time, why build a business plan? No, I think it is important to have goals set. The important things in your business plan is set goals and objectives. And the way I like to build a plan or do anything in business, I have an objective. I say, I want to do this. So start the objective first. Don't start with where I'm going to get to. Start with the end. Here's the end result. Now, how am I going to get there? I want to provide this service. Okay. How do I provide that service? Work my way back from there. You know, so, so work my way back to, to figure it out. Same with the business plan. Get yourself some objectives and goals. And I would say, what's your plan for, you know, what, what do you want to have accomplished at launch? What do you want to have accomplished at six months, one year, um, uh, three years, and five years? And 
and some people will go as far as saying build a 10-year plan, but that is, it's way too far out to be able to it, figure out. You can put it yourself, give yourself an objective or a vision that you want to see your company at in 10 years, but the reality is, is five years is almost an eon in business, in a business time sense, especially for a new oh, business. Sure. You, you're going to change perspective many times over. So they'll also, you know, you'll also be taught six months capital. That's not entirely true. Just because like, if you don't have six months capital does not mean that you can't start a business, but think long and hard and evaluate and figure out whether or not it can be profitable and viable immediately. And this is why I think it's very important to do a soft launch, do a soft launch before you get too invested into it and see how it works out, see the viability of it. And then you will know if you need to have six months capital or not. Cause if you do this, you know, you, you launch the business and you run it for a month and you discover that it's nowhere near close to being profitable, um, then you'll say, all right, you know what? I do need to save up some, a couple months capital first. Um, then if, uh, so <clears throat> what are you? Oh man, that was hilarious. What is, what on earth is going on in that video? He's, He's shooting. Oh, hot brass. Hot brass. <laughs> Down his back. That's completely related That was to. completely off, off topic. Yeah. But so, it was hilarious. <laughs> so the... Uh, um, <laughs> send, send me that so that I can put that in a YouTube video so that people who are listening, I can put a video out, a video clip so that people know what the heck we were talking oh, about. Because otherwise, people are just going to be like, what the heck are they talking about? So, um, you know, there's the, then the, the articles of incorporation, starting, you know, your LLC. First off, there's a couple of things which you can get more detailed into it, but I want people to be aware that there is such a thing as an S-Corp. And not, it's not just, it's not just whenever you start a company, do you say, all right, it's going to be an LLC? Cause that's what everyone will tell you. Everyone will tell you, oh, yeah. right, you know, go, you know, you'll file for an LLC, file for an LLC. And technically an S corp in general, generally is structured as an LLC, but is, is a S corp is just a tax election. That's how you're going to be taxed is not as a pass through entity, but as an S corporation, which, um, there's some tax benefits in that your company's liability side of things, your liability protection is, is set up just like an LLC, but I think figure so out which direction witness, you want to go. Witness is set up with an LLC. Um, uh, but, uh, Tulsa security storage is set up as an S corp. Yeah. Because when Keith started, he had no clue he was which actually, literally flying by the seat Which of actually pants. I did plan on talking to him about that because I think it is about time that you guys might consider an idea of converting to an S-Corp, which is possible to do um, if he hasn't already with Witness. There's some there's some pretty major tax benefits in there, and I think you guys yeah. could benefit from it. But so generally speaking, most companies starting right off the bat aren't going to realize or see, they're, whenever I say realize, I mean they're not going to see the um, benefits of an S-Corp. But right when you do a bat. soft launch, you don't need an LLC. You nope. don't need any of that. No. You just see if it's worth it. Yeah. Do it for a month. Do it for a week even. You know, do it for a week. Until, do it you, for make, a month. until you make $600, you don't need 
to no. have... You don't even have to report that income. Yeah. So do it on the side, even. You so can do it on... So hopefully, whatever you're selling doesn't make you more than 600 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's one time, then you're like, well... Dang well, it. even if it is, even if it does, uh, even if it does make you um, more than six hundred bucks, you don't have to be an LLC in order to do that. You can just you can just report that on your taxes, and also you don't have to be an LLC at all to run a business. True, you can just be a sole proprietorship. The only thing that's required of you in most states, if you are going to you know run a business, is to you know you've got to be you have to be registered with your state secretary, and you it would be beneficial to get a federal tax ID so that way you know if you do have to hire personnel or whatever but that being said you don't even need an EIN number you can you know you can file your taxes even as a 1099 or reporting other income as a sole proprietorship using your social security number anyhow I would I would recommend an LLC at the minimum because you have liability protection what is an LLC it means that basically the gist of it, here's kind of the very, the very basic version explanation of it is that if you get sued as a business, if you have, you know, if you are just a sole proprietor and you have no LLC formed and, you know, say your business gets sued for $100,000 and, or no, let's, let's, let's up the number. Let's say it is $1.5 million. The reason I picked that number is because most liability policies are $1 million coverage. So your insurance doesn't cover all 1 million of it. They win in court, you know, whoever sure. sues you wins. So your insurance pays out a million. Now you're down now you're on the hook for $500,000. So now say you don't have $500,000 laying around. Odds are you might not since you just started the business. You just started business, yeah. And I, mean, um, I don't even I've don't, been in business for almost 10 years and I don't have $500,000 laying around. It's not just like Nope. You don't just carry that in your wallet? No. Nope. Uh, so, so That's a fat wallet, by the way. That <laughs> <laughs> is. It is. You've got to carry that in a cargo pocket. No, you're not carrying that in your back pocket. You'll have back problems. So I don't have cargo pockets. <laughs> yeah, neither do I right now. <laughs> so, you get, uh, so you get sued. So now you're, you know, you're on the hook for $500,000. Well, you don't have that laying around. The, the person who sued you can come after your personal assets so say you have a 500 you say you have a you know a house that's worth $200,000 right well now they can come after your house if you have a LLC then if you get sued you are protected they can only come after business assets and they cannot come after your personal assets so i think it is important but it's not necessary per se right off the get go right off the bat so I've actually never had a uh, conversation with anybody about uh, business when it comes to the differences between sole proprietor and limited liability. So say someone's the difference between sole proprietor, they can come after you, but limited liability, they can't. They cannot come after you personally. They can come after your business assets, but not your personal assets. And you technically, a lot of, like, for instance, I'm an LLC, but I'm a sole proprietorship at the same time. I'm a sole proprietor. I'm a single member LLC. So the LLC is not like it has nothing. It, you're taxed as though you're an individual. 
So it's a pass-through entity. Now, if it were a, a, a multiple-member LLC, it's still a pass-through entity, and the the business profits are just divided amongst the LLC shareholders. So as personal, they're reported as personal income. So as an S corp, you would your your business has has a, your business is taxed and then the personal side of things is taxed separately so you're cutting yourself a 1099 basically um hmm. or a w2 whichever you so choose uh, you'd probably honestly set yourself up as a 1099 as a business owner because generally speaking you'll fall under the guidelines of an independent contractor and that can save you a little bit of money on the business side of things for you know tax purposes depending upon how you want to run things so that can get real complicated real quick. And so that's why a lot of people from the very get-go are like, well, and that's that's usually the roadblock, starting up the business and being like, oh, that's it. You know, I can't, I don't even want to see if it's going to be viable or worthwhile. That's why I think a soft launch is important. Now, I think, honestly, if a roadblock is, you know, if you're stuck at a roadblock by filing um, your articles of incorporation, then you're likely not going to cut it as a business owner. If that's if that's what keeps you out of the game, that's probably it for you. But <laughs> that's almost as if you get to a a uh, there's a bag of sand in the road, and you're like, "Well, shoot, well, that's it. Can't come can't come I, through I here. I'm screwed, man." Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've seen so many uh, businesses. People come to Keith and I because uh, we have. Uh, been through 10 years of business uh one of which their church and they came in and uh because so the reason they they wanted to start this business was they had gone to escape rooms yeah um and they thought man that's that's a really cool idea and I, i'd like to get away from having to go into a workaday job mm-hmm. and keith and i said to him first thing if that's the reason you want to quit, or if that's the reason you want to start your own business, don't do it. Because uh, getting a uh, getting to a point where you don't have to have go, go into a job, that's not why you start a business. No. One thing that we brought up also is uh, not only are you going to have to... Uh, one thing, what did we say? It was... If you're going to do, or if you're, you're, your sole reason is to not have to go into work, Keith and I have uh, had jobs outside of Witness to keep Witness going plenty yeah. of times uh, to make sure that we're going to make sure our bills are taken care of. Where uh, we had, both of us were night auditors uh, for the first. Um, I want to say for the first year and a half, almost two years, that we were working witness, uh, or since I went, I moved back to Tulsa in August of 2010, mm-hmm. and I went and started working at a hotel, night auditing uh, from, uh, I want to say, f- January or February of 2011 till March or May of 12. And uh, then I've had other little odd jobs that I've done. And now I drive Uber over the weekends just to make sure. Now, the Uber is more, I, I've now got a lifestyle that I like to live. Yeah, it's more and just extra cash for you. So it's extra cash now. So that you can buy an $800 scope for you. <laughs> 
crossbow to go but hunting. But still, <laughs> if you don't if you don't have the desire to make sure that yeah. uh, things are going to work, then don't start a business. Yeah, well, it's, if, if you don't you don't start a business to not work because I'll tell you what it is a lot of work, especially at especially first. Especially at first, it, it, what it is starting a business is for the it's for the the long game. It's not for the faint at heart. <laughs> no, it's it's to it's to run. You know, it's it's a long game. You're running a long game at this point. It's so that way, um, it's so you can, so that you can have a future. Basically, you can exactly. envision a future where you don't, at some point or another, you will get to enjoy the fruits of your labor and sit back and enjoy the prosperity. But at the beginning, you will be working more than you've probably ever worked in your life. I mean, like Keith and I also, uh, there's been times that neither of us have gotten a paycheck for months on end. Yeah. Uh, because we're trying to make sure that everything is getting taken care of there at Witness. And That's another point I like to point out whenever it comes to taking time off. Uh, don't feel bad for your employees, especially if you pay them every time on time. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Keith and I... Because um, there, there are times as a business owner you get to not have a paycheck for the week. While we were working night auditing positions, we were also not receiving a paycheck from Witness. And now, those were in the uh, original inception years of Witness, but... At the same time, our whole thought was, if we can get this profitable because we are we are working our butts off at both jobs. Now, the weird thing was with uh, night auditing. So we would work from 11 at night till 7 in the morning. We'd come home. We'd sleep from 7 till about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And then we'd get up, and at this point in time, this was before Rachel, uh, this was before I was dating Rachel, but uh, so I would work till uh, 7 in the morning, come home, sleep till 10.30, get up, go and uh, do witness stuff, installing security systems. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot coming in at that point in time, but we were growing. I think at that time we were maybe three, 400 customers. And so then uh, we'd get back to the house close to 5, 6 o'clock, sleep. And uh, sometimes it, there was times that we would get home at close to 8, 9, 10 o'clock, turn around, take a short nap, and then hop in the car and head downtown and work our night auditing jobs. And it, it was a vicious cycle. But at the same time, that was what was yeah. worth keeping witness alive yeah and that's so um so starting when you're starting a business i guess one of the other myths and misnomers is that um that you know i i've heard some people with some advice say jump in both feet first and but there is a that's the again i think the soft launch is very important to kind of launch it part time some some business plans that's not viable it's real hard to do part time with certain things sure but try and see if you can work out a way where you can kind of sample that life and see how see 
not even necessarily the life because it's going to be hard and difficult at first, but mostly so that you can find out if your if your idea or your service or your product is viable and needed in your area or in your uh, in your where you know where you're planning on launching this business. I mean, I did a soft launch of a uh, of a now this this company, Matt's Mobile Mechanics, didn't get a soft launch per se. Um, it, uh, it was kind of born out of, um, uh, out of necessity. And then, but then whenever I plan, I, I, um, you know, contemplated the idea of launching a division in Omaha, Nebraska, did a soft launch up there and it, it, uh, I'm glad that I did a soft launch and I didn't go completely, you know, head first into it because there were a whole lot of, uh, there were a whole lot of roadblocks we're going to have to overcome in order to launch out there. So it, it was, it's not necessarily if a soft launch doesn't go well, doesn't necessarily mean, all right, scrap that idea. It also can be a good information gathering um, exp- uh, adventure. It's Most soft launches, they're going to end up costing you something, whether it be time or money. And in this case, it did cost me time and money, but it wasn't as much money and as much time if I pressed on and continued like and just went I'm gonna go grand opening style on this thing and go whole 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 hog sure it 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 taught me a lot of information and I have all that information now so so now if I did want to launch a division somewhere else I have experience and understand what it is and I have particularly local demographic information in the Omaha Nebraska area so I know the the uh, the specific challenges that need to be overcome in order to launch up there so I'm not. So if I were to launch a division up there, I'm not going to go into it blind, um, because I've already done basically as a reconnaissance mission, and it costs some money, but it was um, far far cheaper than had I went and you know dove into it head first. Oh sure. And I think that's important, even from a standpoint where you have no, you know, you're you're starting from scratch. Soft launch is a good idea. Then, once you find it's viable. File your articles of incorporation, you know, um, work on, work on what your business capital needs are and, and then, and then get, get the ball rolling and don't, don't go and take an ad out on a billboard, please. I mean, marketing, here's the thing is you can't, there's no, there's nothing wrong with putting an ad on a billboard, but when you first start a business, your best friends in marketing are going to be the free forms of advertisement. Oh, yeah. Or cheap. And you know what's real great and what's real cheap? Social media marketing. Now, you can spend money on on, on ads, um, but even at, even at that, an ad, to run an ad on Facebook is far cheaper than putting an ad up on a billboard. And that's, yeah. I mean, yes, that's going to get a lot of... I can tell you right now, of, and I've actually... Uh, considered putting in a uh, putting up a couple billboards, but uh, when it comes to uh, billboards, there's not been very many things that I've uh, looked at as something that I want to purchase off of a billboard. But what I will say is, it's great for brand recognition. Billboards build brand recognition. They're great for that. Um, it, it is good for brand recognition. Doesn't necessarily like it. I. And I will tell you this, there is one instance that I can recall in my entire life that I have seen a billboard and thought and recalled it later saying, you know what, this is the, this is the, uh, the company that I should use. It was actually a garage door company that I saw on a billboard 
and I saw one of their one of their billboards that had an advertisement for like a real I think it was real cheap for garage door spring repairs. I was like, huh, that's real cheap. Um, and then when it came up later on that I needed a garage door spring fixed, I I thought of them, and I would have never heard of them if not for that billboard. But that being said, a billboard or a uh, you know a good social media campaign can accomplish just about anything that a billboard can there's been a lot more things that i've uh, seen on facebook yes uh, i've purchased far more things from facebook ads and ads online than i have from billboards i could tell you that far more yeah i mean far more so if you're starting out and you think hey this might be a good soft launch thing to do then definitely go that route yeah don't spend because in a I'm not saying don't ever get a billboard. It may work best for your marketing plan for your business if you think about it, but billboards aren't cheap. Um, they can be quite costly. From what I understand, they're about three something, 3000 a month or something like that. Depending upon the billboard or in the 3000 for the billboard campaign. Yes. Uh, now, there is... Uh, Depends on the area and where the billboard's at. You can get them cheaper, but that's not that's not unheard of to hear for, you know, to spend $3,000 on a billboard. There are some companies that are doing it a little bit cheaper now with the uh, digital billboards. I was getting ready to say, the the only reason that Keith and I have considered possibly going and getting billboards, and it's because we're trying to beef up our uh, brand recognition. Yeah. Is but you're already also you we've are. We've got a pretty solid brand recognition. Yeah, you're also an established company too, and you have uh, you have marketing funds to do that when you're starting out. Exactly. You don't want to sink all of your saved up capital money into a billboard. Exactly. Because um, three thousand dollars, or even even if you know a thousand dollar billboard campaign, a thousand dollars could go a long ways towards purchasing equipment or product or whatever. Else. I mean, if you spend a thousand dollars on Facebook ads, you'd have millions of views versus a thousand dollars on a billboard in a typical area where we're at. You couldn't, you we wouldn't get millions of views. Um, so no, he might. I get millions a month. Yeah, <laughs> of course we're, we don't we don't have a, a huge population here. So, I mean, if you were in you know San Francisco, yes, or L.A., yeah, definitely. But in L.A., a billboard is far more expensive than it is around here. So I think you know. So that so this this is one of my this is my advice on starting a business when it comes to marketing. Utilize free marketing and cheap marketing as best as you can. Um, you know, and that's typically going to be in form of social media. But you know, the best form of marketing, my favorite form of marketing, is referrals from other customers. You can build an incentive program in to get them to refer other customers to you. But but you know what the best incentive is for a customer to refer someone else to another customer? Just be good at what you do. Offer the best quality service or product at the best price and have good customer service and you don't have to pay people or give them a rewards program to refer people out in fact many statistics have shown there's been a couple of studies um, and a couple of statistics published and released i i don't have any idea where they're at anymore i'm recalling this from memory but they show that paying customers to refer you to them oftentimes doesn't work as well as you would like to think it would. 
um, because apparently customers were polled and what it meant, what they felt like is though they would have, they were satisfied with the service or product that they were receiving, they, they felt like they were being bought and they didn't like that. And so if you pay, you know, Direct, DirecTV ran a thing for the longest time. Refer a friend and they'll give you $50 and then a friend $50 off their first bill. Um, and, and it, uh, and I don't, like, I think what ended up, like, I think that campaign ended up ending because it didn't end up, it didn't end up really working for them. And, and it, yeah, I mean, you can offer customers something, but I think the best thing to offer them is good product and or service, the best product and or service, best, uh, uh, best quality, best cost and good customer service. And that will want, that will make other, cause the thing is, especially if you offer something unique, or even if it's pretty ubiquitous or 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 commonplace, like even home security systems, if if someone's talking to a friend and says, "Hey, you know, we just moved," or you know, "I need to get a new security system," or "A man, I can't stand this uh, this company I'm with," one of your customers is going to say, "Hey, you should try Witness Security." Oh yeah, definitely. And every ever almost. I would I would venture to guess that every single one of your customers would say that if it comes up in conversation. And the reason for that is because they like your service. Like they're not just, you know, they're, they're not just picking you guys because you're the first company that they saw. That may be why they, they picked you, but they stick around with you guys because they like your customer service, um, quality of service, and cost of your service. And so they're going to tell their friends about it. Same with my company. That was whenever I first started, the most growth came from most of my new customers came from people that were referred to other people now or from other people, from my existing customers. So you pick up, you know, five customers. If those five customers tell five friends, now you have 25. If those 25 tell five people, now you have 125. It goes on and on and on. It's, the referrals growth is our exponential. Um, advertisement growth is not exponential it's it's you know it's finite to a degree it's 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 limited by how many people see um your advertisement and then even at that only a small percentage of them are going to choose your business so um referrals are going to be your friends so keep that in mind when you're treating your customers you want to treat them the best way possible so they tell their friends about you that's where your money is going to be at now Referrals don't make up the majority of my new coming uh, business. They still make up a strong percentage of my incoming business. The reason why it doesn't make up the majority anymore is because now I have a better online presence, more brand recognition, and so I pick up new customers just from because they Googled me or they Googled you know Mobile Mechanic in, in Tulsa. And, and eventually you may see that shift and because you can only get so many customers from referrals um, per se, like there's only so many customers out there and Google is in front of more people than, than a customer is, but that's going to be your best friend is referrals. That's where you need to put a lot of your focus into is ensuring that people are going to refer you because that's where your, that's where your best customers are going to come from. That's where the most customers are going to come from at the beginning. So that's important. Don't, don't sink all your capital, your startup capital into a a billboard to get your name out there. hundred percent agree. I think print, I think obviously spend some money on some print things like business cards. Cause even as weird as it seems like you would think that business cards would be outdated by now in this digital age. But for some reason, people 
still respond well to business cards. They do. And, and it makes you seem really official, too. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> you know, if someone asks you for a card and, like, on the off chance that I don't have a business card on me, I feel like a total chump. <laughs> if they're like, do you have a card? I'm like, oh, no, actually, I, I just I just ran out. Or no, they're, they're in my truck and I'm not driving my truck today or something like that. As I normally always keep some business cards in my wallet, but occasionally I run out. So, sat or no? Friday. I feel like a chump if I've got to write my, my number down on a piece of paper and hand it to them like I'm some sort of homeless person. <laughs> so this past Friday, I was uh, at Quick Trip. And you know those uh, those uh, perf stickers that I've put on the back of uh, my car? and my... Oh, perf stickers, perforated stickers. I thought you said purse stickers. <laughs> what the heck is a purse sticker? Yeah, the perforated stickers that I've stuck with uh, our logo and everything. I wasn't sure how well those were actually doing. And this guy stops me. I'm at Quick Trip pumping gas. And he goes, hey, so do you work for Witness? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I forget, because I'm in Liette's truck at the time. Uh huh. And I'm like, how the crap does he know? Your sister's truck, for yeah. those listening. Uh how does he know that I work for Witness? <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing a shirt, but I mean, that's nothing. I mean, he knew that before I got out of the truck. And I was just kind of baffled. And he goes, uh, you got a card? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then he and I started talking and it hit me. Liette's truck has a sticker on the back of it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. It it shocked me. I I was just because it's not wrapped. If you were in your truck, it would be kind of obvious because it's a bright green full vinyl wrap vehicle. That's that's another thing about another. I think whenever that's that's an inexpensive way to market as well. Getting started, especially if you're in your vehicle. I mean, even if you aren't using your vehicle for business, driving around town all day just driving around <laughs> under normal circumstances. And I'm not saying don't go get a full vinyl wrap. Don't go drop no, no. five grand on uh, wrapping your vehicle. But those, um, those, um, but window decals, window decals, or you can also get magnets, um, are good, <coughs> a good way to, um, a good way to, because they're, they're relatively inexpensive and they get a lot of exposure. And I wouldn't say that like a giant portion of my income and business comes in from and new business comes in from the decals on my truck. But I will say that it does bring some people in. Those uh, perforated good stickers, amount. I think they cost me 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it was 20 bucks a piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, a local company printed them for me mm-hmm. and cut them. And all I got to do is, at that point, stick, stick them on, them on the back the of the vehicle. Back of different company. Or uh, right now, what I do is put them on the back of my employees' vehicles. Yeah. Uh, and give them a little bit of yeah. a. Uh, and don't be afraid to self-promote, and don't be ashamed and tell your friends and make your and have your friends help you promote because yeah. you can go to your friends and your family and I be got like, no hey, shame can, in that game. Yeah. Can you put this? Can you put the sticker on the back of your vehicle and go and put them out there and? And you can actually also give your customers a little bit of a discount on whatever it might be that you're doing. Yeah. And they'll be happy to help you out if it's oh, a yeah. if it's a viable product that you're 
pushing, whatever it might be, as long as it's not drugs, uh, <laughs> then, uh, you, you could easily get behind, people get behind it, whatever it might be, and yeah. help you, especially yeah. if it's a friend. But, oh, yeah. Um, because they want to see you grow just as much as, well, not just as much as you want to see yourself yeah, yeah. grow, but they, they want to see you grow. Yeah. I mean, those different um, MLM uh, marketing programs. Oh, yeah. Like Norwex and mm-hmm. uh, Sensi and Avon. All of them have been doing it for years. Yeah. Why that, have they been doing it for years? Because, because it, it works. works. It works. And you know what's funny Jeez, is... Because it works. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that um, you don't see a ton... Like, you're not you're not seeing billboards for Scentsy or Norwex or whatever. No. It, it's, all, it's all word of mouth referrals and, you know, those those in vehicle decals and stuff like that. That It's that... It's like a grassroots type marketing that, that works and it uh, works well. I think um, so. So that's uh, that's kind of a, uh, a basics. We could talk a lot about marketing. I could we could have a whole um, episode on marketing specifically. Oh sure. Um, it could get way more in depth than that. But my my point is is be be smart with your startup budget and don't sink it all into marketing because that seems like a naturally smart way to go. Like I need to get the word out there, so I'm going to dump a lot of my money into marketing. The reality is, is do your best to get the word out there as inexpensively as possible because that money can be spent better elsewhere um, because depending upon the product or service you're offering, um, it can it can potentially get expensive to purchase uh, inventory or purchase equipment. You bet. Um, I mean, I, I run a mechanic shop. You know, tools, there's, there's no shortage of expensive tools out there that are required to um, to, to run a business for, for me in your guys's case, not only do you have tools, but you also have inventory as well. You've got expensive security equipment, you got expensive tools, you've got vehicles to, to buy and maintain and, you know, put your uh, fancy vinyl wraps on. Oh yeah. Um, gotta have those wraps. But I think it's, uh, so I think that that's, don't sink too much of your budget into marketing right off the bat. A lot of, a lot of business plans will have you putting like, We'll have you putting. We'll have you putting like sixty percent of your income or of your startup capital into um, into uh, uh, your marketing. And I think that realistically, just do your best to do it inexpensively. Focus on referrals, social media, and vehicle decals. And we've got to uh, end because we're actually running behind. You're supposed to be at your office by now. Um, yep. So we have 60 seconds to make it across town. Um, until next time, and actually you won't uh, probably won't hear from us next week. Maybe we'll uh, send a shoot a video out of us uh, out there in the woods and uh, see. Uh, you might see us on YouTube, but until next time, later. <laughs>